Welcome to episode two of Should Have Been a Cowboy. I'm Andrew Himes. And I'm Philip Boone. We're remoting it today. We're not looking at each other this time. Yes, that way we can't see what see each other's reactions, and we just go off of what each other says. Yeah, and if you start miming plays, I won't be able to see you. I will explain exactly what I am doing. <laughs> well, good. That'll be helpful. <laughs> so it's game week, and the depth chart came out last Friday, right? Mm-hmm. It was sometime last week. Yeah, I believe it was on Friday. Whenever his uh, traditional week before the game press conference was, he being Mike Gundy in this situation. Yes. Um, any any surprises? No. Um, we have obviously the starters are basically who we thought they'd be. It was all we were wondering about was who who was going to be the backup. Right. And um, J.D. King is backing up Hill, which both of us mentioned him last week, mm-hmm. and that he was the one, the new, the newcomer that we were excited to see. And we have Washington and McCleskey starting out wide out, it, which McCleskey, he's one of those players that whenever the ball comes to him, he does not wait for it to get to him. He goes out and grabs it. Yeah, that includes is, on, on punt returns, which is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> that's very true but but uh, but as far as wide out he just he just grabs it and hauls it in which i love to see as a wide receiver and we have chris lacy and then the backup wide outs for them are tyron johnson dylan stoner and marcel aitman yeah it was interesting that lacy gets the start over aitman yeah i am um, aitman is another player that i am excited about and whenever we talk about the wide outs coming this year he's usually mentioned before Lacey is yeah so well, that was the... that that the second team boundary guys are Aitman and Johnson that's nuts we are stacked at wide receiver <laughs> um and then quarterback we have Cornelius backing up Rudolph safe bet right there oh uh, yeah he's been there so long and I mean he's got talent he's not He's not a typical walk-on. In fact, he was just awarded a scholarship earlier in the mm-hmm. week, so he's no longer a walk-on. But that's um, true. You know, big lanky kid. He can he can make the throws and he knows the offense. And when you're talking about a backup quarterback who's probably you know or hopefully not going to play that much, that's what you want out of him is somebody who just knows the offense and can come in and uh, not necessarily pick up where the starter left off, but be able to operate well enough within the game plan. Yeah, be, um, be a good game manager, as so many people talk about quarterbacks as. Yeah. And then we have um, the freshman Woodtree, who is back, who is the third in the quarterbacks. You know, it's going to be fascinating next year and the years after that to see the quarterback competition because Cornelius will be a senior next year. Woodtree will be a redshirt sophomore. Jelani Woods, who's a mountain, will be oh, yeah. a redshirt freshman. And four-star Spencer Sanders is coming in next year. He'll be a true freshman. So yes. how, are we, thing, how are we going to get all those guys on the field? <laughs> I, I don't know. It'll be fun. He'll be fun to watch. Um, one thing that surprised me was Cornelius. I didn't know that he was six foot six. Oh yeah. He's, he's a big, I lady. don't think I real. I mean, we have Rudolph who's six, five, who's two, two, six, five, two thirty, I believe Cornelius backing him up. Who's six, six. And then Woodtree is a small one at six foot four. Yeah. We have some big quarterbacks coming in there. Yeah, and that's not to mention Jelani Woods, who's at least 6'7", and makes everybody else look tiny. Yes, that's true. 
Um, and then on the defensive side, we have A.J. Green starting at um, cornerback, who is not the Bengals receiver A.J. Green, a different one. Correct. That would be. We, we have him starting his cornerback and Rodarius Williams. Yeah. Which, how about Adrian Baker not being on the two deep? Act, that was the part that shocked me. I was, I was, I was, I'm excited about him, and I figured that he would be at least on the death chart at some place. Well, just, it, I mean, on the one hand, maybe it says that he's not really ever, what everyone was excited about as far as talent level, but on the other hand, that means that all these young guys are really, really performing well in practice, according to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm excited to see. The defense is always the one that's a mixed bag. You can't truly be sure what you got, which is kind of exciting in a way, because I'm always excited to see what what they're going to be like. Because um, usually our defense, the year we've had, the years we've had really good defenses, has been have been the years that we've had lots of turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's what we've that's what we fed off of. So I'm interested to see how how this defense does. But I'm I'm excited. And then Ramon Richards at strong safety, which we talked about a little bit last week. He's gonna be. He's moving. He's moving from cornerback to strong safety. Yeah. And then Trey Flowers at free safety. Which that's a position change too, because Flowers was the strong safety and moved mm-hmm. to free. Where Jordan. But to make room for Ramon, he moved to free. A lot of a lot of shifting around. Trey Carter went from end to interior on the defensive mm-hmm. line. He'll be a second teamer. Um, there's a lot of unproven on the defensive line too, but it's a lot of exciting unproven because, you know, we've seen DeQuentin Osborne make plays and Darian Daniels make plays and now they get a chance to, to be in there full time. Definitely. Definitely. I'm excited to see how both of them, both the offense and the defense do obviously the offense, because we know how much firepower we have and then the defense just because it's a little unknown, but it's exciting. One thing that I also enjoy looking at is the pronunciations of names (laughs) and the first one they did was Marcel Aitman, yes. which I figured Aitman would be – was pretty self-explanatory. I don't know. First Aitman, time I saw it, I said Ateman. Oh, did you? I Maybe I heard it first. <laughs> maybe that was my problem. But it's spelled E-I-G-H – or it's pronounced E-I-G-H-T-M-A-N. Yes. And I, and I thought – and then um, Rodarius Williams. I thought Rodarius was a little self-explanatory, but maybe yeah. maybe people could pronounce it Rodarius. Yeah. Or I mean, some of them were pretty difficult, but I always looking to I always enjoy looking to see which pronunciations they give us because they think we'll have a hard time with. Right. Well, then there's ones that you can look at the pronunciation guide and never figure it out, like Sione Finifoyaki. Oh, I, don't know, I, I think that's was right. looking at his name for ten minutes. <laughs> Finifoyaki, and then and do it once, and then you have to just keep doing it until you understand it. Yeah. Sione. Man, Dave Hunziker has his work cut out for him with some of these names. Yeah, and there are ones that I haven't heard that I'm not even going to attempt. There's a linebacker whose first name is Amen. Amen Agmabengigigiga. Uh, good luck. I, <laughs> I that, don't know. <laughs> that sounds that's, that works for me. Yeah. I have no idea. Just a jumbled mess. <laughs> Very true. Um so that's the depth chart. Um, there were a few surprises. I mean, there were a lot that weren't a surprise. Like, I was not shocked that Rudolph was a starting quarterback. 
That was pretty obvious. Yeah. Or Justice Hill. Yeah. <laughs> but so really, a lot on the offense wasn't that surprising. Um, well, there were least, a couple. You know, at least we had a depth chart put out by Oklahoma State, because you know Lincoln Riley at OU, he didn't even put one out. He put a blank page in his media guide because he legit doesn't know who his starters are going to be in a lot of positions. Um, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that I had noticed that. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan still has not put out a 2017 roster, let alone a depth chart. He put out a roster today that had all of the uh, Michigan alums who are in the NFL. <laughs> like, what is the deal? I don't, I don't understand this, this paranoia and secrecy that's going on in football right now. I mean, is a guy going to look at the depth chart and say that the guy starting opposite him is, is six foot three. So he's going to play him differently than if it was six foot one. I don't get it. That's a good question. I have no idea. Well, well, hats hats off to Coach Gundy, who at least gave us a depth chart to work with. Mm. But that, that's that's interesting. I don't think I'd noticed that about um, Riley or Harbaugh. Yeah, and in in Lincoln Riley's case, I mean, he legitimately doesn't know who his starters are. Yeah, I still think he should put something out, even if it's got five ors on it. But yeah. you know, it, uh, well, it's not a troll job like Harbaugh's is. Well, the thing is that Harbaugh lives his life paranoid he, i mean yeah he be- marches to the beat of a different drummer that's he, he's he's a great coach but there's something not there there's something not right about him <laughs> <laughs> he, he i think he's paranoid every day of his life about something yeah so i hear that we have a game coming up in a couple of days mm-hmm. we're playing tulsa on fs1 at 6 30 i believe yep so, are you excited? Um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, Thursday night games are weird. Um, mm-hmm. The This is not the first time that Oklahoma State's opened on a Thursday. Unfortunately, this one is at home. Two years ago, opened up at Central Michigan and won by a couple of scores, but not, not in dominating fashion at that point. And, of course, that was – Mason Rudolph's sophomore season. This will be a senior season, and he's got a lot of the same guys that he had that year. So it's you know it's there's a strange amount of continuity that's happened over the last three years, and that's why this season is expected to be so special. But Thursday night games are just are just strange, and I think that the fact that it's at home really helps more so than it would on a normal Saturday game. Being at home on a Thursday is uh, it's a lot easier than being on the road on a Thursday, that's for sure. Yes, I'm very excited that it will be a home game because I, thir- like you said, Thursday games are weird, and I would much rather be at home on Thursday at a home game than on the road. But it'll be fun. This year's team, the thing is that I get a little nervous when we're picked to be so high, but sometimes but the amount of confidence that the guys have yeah. like rudolph and all the all the other players that have been talking have been talking like we're just going to beat people yeah like they have confidence i'm i'm trying to feed off of their confidence <laughs> <laughs> because they they seem like they're ready to go and they're ready to blow the doors off of people now whether or not that happens throughout the whole season is yet to be determined yeah but i'm just seeing the confidence that the guys have which obviously playing football you need some amount of confidence but 
it feels like they're confident bordering on egotistical about it. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not like, they don't have a subtle confidence, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm excited. And I, I think, I think though we'll come out Thursday ready to go. You know, ready they opened go. the 2011 season on a Thursday night at home against Arizona. Yes, they did. Um, I remember that game. The, the similarities that I've started to notice between the two seasons, just you know, on a superficial level, are uh, are, are interesting. You know, open on a Thursday night at home against uh, a bit of a name. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a directional Louisiana school, so it's a there's a little bit more exciting than a traditional non-conference uh, home opener. Um, and then you know, everybody wants to talk about how last year's team played so many close games. Uh, you know, Iowa State, Kansas State, that they probably should have won by more. Um, the same was true of that 2010 team. Uh, that That's a team that played Troy at home in the second or third week of the season. And that was a, that was a close game. That was a game that uh, Whedon fumbled the uh, victory formation yes. at the end of the game and gave Troy one more chance to, to go down and try to win. That was a close game. So that, that it's the same situation there. And I think teams grow from that and get a mm-hmm. certain amount of confidence from that. Um, so that, I'm not really as concerned about that as some people seem to be. Yes. Speaking of the, um, the 2011 season, when we played Tulsa that year, do you have any memories of that? Uh, I remember of that being of the... really tired. Because that's, those are <laughs> almost all the memories I have is, I don't even remember what time the game was scheduled for, seven it was pretty seven thirty. I mean, it was a no. It was like a nine. It was a nine o'clock one, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was at least eight local time. Yes, you're right. It, it was. Mm-hmm. It was pretty late. And I remember, I was listening to. I was listening to them on the radio, and because I was I was busy doing something, I was listening to them on the radio, and I would turn the TV on whenever they said, "Okay, we're about to start," and it didn't happen. Finally, after about an hour and a half. I decided to go to sleep, but I set my alarm clock for midnight <laughs> because I thought that's about in an hour. So they, they haven't said that they will start yet, but if they do, it'll probably start around midnight. So I woke up at midnight, turned on the TV, and they were about to start the game. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to stay up for this now. <laughs> yeah, it is still amazing to me that they continued to play that game. Like I don't oh. know what the motivation was. I'll tell you one thing: we have we haven't wanted to play an, a game that late ever since then. No, <laughs> in case something like that happened. But um, that's mostly. What I, I remember it being wet, and I remember, and I remember a lot of turnovers. Tulsa had six turnovers that game, and OSU had two. Mm-hmm. We didn't still have a pretty good game. He had 369 yards with three touchdowns, and Randall ran for 128 yards and we ended up winning 59 to 33 gilbert had a kick return in that game for a touchdown didn't he i believe so at the beginning of the game or somewhere near the beginning i remember i remember that either that or either that or he had a very long run yeah very long return i don't remember which it's amazing how little those memories have stuck with me because i remember specific plays from a lot of games and that's Mm -hmm. one that i just it's all fuzzy because it was midnight to three and you were just catatonic by the end of the game <laughs> because it was three yes. o'clock in the morning and you've been waiting all day for this game to happen. And finally 
it comes at after midnight that we're going to start and you have to make the decision. Am I really going to stay up and watch this or am I going to go to bed? And yes, even and, in the middle of the game, when it was a blowout, you're like, okay, can I afford to stop watching? No, I can't. I got to keep going. Yeah. And I, um, and I stayed up to the very, the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. At least maybe not right when it ended, but at least until there were like two minutes left. Yeah. But I remember, I think, I think the next time, the next day I was just Useless. a walking zombie <laughs> during the day. But, um, but that was, like, that's because we were talking about last week, we were talking about that. We talked about our favorite TU game. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I remember. That's the one that I remember the most, but I don't think I'd have, I don't know if I have that much memory except for the delay. Cause, yeah. cause I remember, I remember that game was the game where we had the, long delay mm-hmm. where I think they fed them peanut butter sandwiches in the locker room. Yeah. Um, during that. And they, they tried to, st- I, I have no idea how you can be a player and go in the locker room for like a three hour delay and still have the energy to play a game, like yeah. to get pumped up. Cause you, it's hard. You get pumped up at the beginning when the game starts, you're ready to play, you're pumped. And then to have a three hour wait and then to have to like get, get up for the game again. I have no idea how you could do that. <laughs> well, I don't think that either team really did. I think they both teams were kind of sleepwalking through that game, and it just fell back on which one was the more talented team, and that was Oklahoma State that day. And and also it felt like they always say that if you win the turnover battle, there's a good chance you'll win the game, and we, o- we only had two, and Tulsa had six. Six is entirely too many. <laughs> so I'm going to win you games. <laughs> all you have to do is look at the turnover battle and you can see that OSU most likely won. Yeah. But actually my favorite OSU memory, um, OSU Tulsa memory came when OSU beat Tulsa 28 to 13 in 1957. Okay. It's, it's the first time that we beat them as Oklahoma state. Cause before that we're Oklahoma A&M. <laughs> and and that was the and first time we beat them as Oklahoma State, and, and that's my were, favorite game. You were at that game, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That, that's the year my father was born. But you know, <laughs> was that, or I looked up just a random OSU Tulsa game. Yeah. But um, so yeah, because we we played before that a few years before that, and we've played them a few years since I started since I or a few times since I started watching OSU football. But the other games against Tulsa, I don't remember that well. Well, there was some bad blood between the athletic departments for a while, um, mostly because of what Keith Burns, a former Tulsa coach, had said in the media about Oklahoma State. In about going in two opposite directions. Yeah, it, it was in 2000 mm-hmm. that he made the comment about he thinks Tulsa is going to pass up OSU and that their two programs going in different directions. And um, while that statement at the time may have seemed like it was true when Tulsa was on the rise and OSU was struggling there are things you don't say mm-hmm. to the to the media and that would be one of them and especially you don't say them if you're a coach who's going to win five games in three years which is what Keith Burns did um, he was not the answer at Tulsa that's for sure and you know that that year that he said that is another time when these two teams opened the season. This one was at Tulsa and uh, OSU won that game 
by a, a couple of scores. Uh, got up, yeah. got up early. Uh, and Tulsa was able to come back. Tulsa forced some turnovers in that game. Was able to come back and make it a make it a game. But um, I, that's the first OSU Tulsa football memory that I have. Uh, and a, a guy who got forgotten after he was supposed to be a, a big answer at wide receiver, Willie Young, had mm-hmm. two touchdowns in that game uh, off of a couple of really nice throws from Tony Lindsay. That was Tony's senior year before he got hurt for the season. Um, and I, I watched some clips of that game earlier in the week. And, man, he put those balls right on the money. Just a go route down the sideline right into his hands. It was it was pretty nice to see. And then the next game, Tony gets hurt. and Tony Lindsay is and... one of those players that when we talk about quarterbacks, he is always one that we forget. But Yeah. yeah. He was like my first – Oklahoma State athlete hero. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you don't forget him. Yeah. But Oklahoma State as a whole, like fans as a whole, forget that he was a good player. Well, he was, but he spent he, the better part of two seasons hurt. Well, I mean, yeah. That, I mean, that's the same thing with Mo Baker. True. In basketball, because if because of Mo Baker having got hurt, it, some fans still think of him highly, but he would he's not as thought of as highly as he should be because we think of him getting hurt. Yeah. But yeah, because he, because he, he was the person we talked about last week. Ninety-seven was when I first started watching when we made the Alamo Bowl, mm-hmm. and he was probably my first hero as well, my first football hero. Yeah. Um, for OSU. And for and... some reason, Chris Halupka still played in those games. I don't understand <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 But it's. But yeah. So. So I am. So the 2011 game is the one that I mostly remember, probably because so many of them had been blowouts. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to truly remember a blowout. I remember the 2004 meeting between the two because I was at that game. Uh, Donovan Woods, um, Vernon Morency, Prentice Elliott, mm-hmm. that team. Um, I was at that game, and Donovan had maybe his best touchdown pass of his career in that game. He threw a 50 yard bomb to Shawan Mack and he just, he went up over the defender to get it. And it was a, it was a pretty spectacular looking touchdown. And, you know, Donovan Woods not the greatest thrower, but he could throw the deep ball pretty well. And he did, mm-hmm. he did then in that game. And so I remember that one probably the best because I was there, but um, you know, the 2010 game between the two, that was a, it was a blowout in OSU's favor. Um, that game went on TV, uh, which is odd for 2010 that a game wouldn't be on TV. But I remember having to go back and watch the highlights on the internet the next day of, of that game. And, you know, Whedon went crazy. Blackman went crazy. They had an 82-yard touchdown throw and catch between the two of them in that game. And another game where OSU forced a lot of turnovers from Tulsa. So yeah. it seems like that's been kind of a theme in this series. And Wait a second. Are you telling me that there was a game in 2010 or 2011 – where Whedon and Blackman went crazy. Yes, that is shocking. That is it, shocking. Yeah, at I, the time it was like the, that was still early on in the. I'm talking about in retrospect. Yeah, no. In I, retrospect, I, it's not shocking. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was still early on in the Holgerson era, and you know, mm-hmm. they had put up 60 plus points on Washington State and come back the next week and do it again against Tulsa. It was like, 
where did this team come from? Because mm-hmm. nobody expected it. Yeah, because I remember in 2010 going into that year, nobody. So I I had an, I didn't even watch the Colorado game. Mm. Um, the Colorado game where Whedon came in and made the comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2009, I had missed that game, so I just heard about it. So I hadn't even really seen Whedon play at all yet. Um, and then 2010, I was not expecting any of that. And I had heard, I remember Blackman, because I had heard rumblings about Blackman being really good. Yeah. And I had heard, I had heard in practice that he was like the go-to player and the player that was just going to come out of the woodwork and, and shock everybody and be amazing, be the next great wideout after well, yeah. Dez. And, and it, that was the team in 2009 when we were hearing those stories that Dez got suspended that year. And so he mm-hmm. played the first couple of games and Blackman was supposed to be the number two receiver opposite Dez. And I mean, he made some plays here and there, but it really wasn't until that catch in the Colorado game that he started to get noticed. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But I, so I had, and I had missed that game. So I didn't, hadn't seen the catch. And I, I remember going into 2010, it just shocking me and thinking, well, these, these guys are pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think we have something going for us. But yeah, so, but we have Tulsa coming up and I was wanting to talk a little bit about Tulsa. Um, about Tulsa's team. Last year, their offense was fourth in the nation with 527 yards per game. They had a good they had a good scoring team. They were seventh in scoring with th- 43 points, I believe, per outing. And and they were the first team to have a 3,000 yard passer, a, two 1,000 yard receivers, and two 1,000 yard rushers. But the only thing with that is that that would be five players. Out of those five players, they only have one returning. Yeah. And that's, um, I believe, James Flanders. No, he's that's gone. He's the one that's it's, gone. It's Brewer. D'Angelo Brewer. Yeah. Sorry. James Flanders is gone. He had a, he was the 1629 rusher. He had 1,629 yards last year. But D'Angelo Brewer is the only one that is returning. Their offensive line has four returning starters, including probably their best player on the offensive side is their center, Chandler Miller. Mm-hmm. Who was um who last year actually was the first team all conference selection. So they have they have some good players um, at the line of scrimmage on offense. Yeah, their lines That's are good on both sides. That's going to be kind of their strength on both sides, I think. Mm-hmm. And so well, uh, you yeah, look for the running game to be pretty solid, even though they lost a lost some playmakers. Mm-hmm. On defense, I think I think they're going to have a solid pass rush. They have a solid pass rush um, with um, Jesse Brubaker. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Smith on the line, and so I I, th- I, th- I agree with you. I think their um, offensive line, defensive line, are are going to both of them are going to be really good this year. And on defense, their opposing offenses only did fifty three percent, only made completed fifty three percent of the throws, with seven yards per throw. So their defensive backs, I think, are are pretty good. With um, Kerwin Thomas and Reggie Robinson returning, so I'm I think their defense is good. I mean, their defense is good for their conference. I'm not sure it will do anything to us, to OSU. Yeah, because we have 
There's a different Such animal a, when you have yeah. James Washington and Marcel Aitman and Tyron Johnson and Jalen McCleskey across from you. Yeah, so I I think their defense is probably going to be one of the really good as far as in their conference, but I'm not sure they will be able to handle what OSU is throwing out there. Um, and they have um, a returning safety. Jordan Mitchell is um, their returning safety, who is the second leading returning tackler on the team. But so their offense, a lot of their playmakers are gone. They have, I mean, I think a lot of it goes down to, and it's hard to tell because we don't know how good the quarterback is because yeah. it's it's a couple of new guys who are battling it out. Or what their style is. Or, yes. So, I mean, I'm not fully in-depth in Tulsa football, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I don't eat up everything that involves University of Tulsa Athletics. So, so I'm I'm not sure about how good their backups are, or not. I mean, I know they have D'Angelo Brewer is returning, and he's a good runner. And then they have four returning offensive linemen. So I think a lot of times with football, it comes down to offensive and defensive line. And if you have a good offensive line and a good defensive line, then you you have a chance to have a good offense and a good defense. So well, I mean, Philip Montgomery's also gonna—he's always gonna put a good product on the field, regardless mm-hmm. of who he's replacing. This is his third year, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's true. They have—I don't remember what their record is, what his record is at Tulsa. Um, Ten-win team last year. I know it's a winning record. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I'm not sure what it is exactly. But yeah, he, so it'll—I mean, it'll, it's—I it, think it's a good opponent for us first game because it's not one of those directional skills like you had mentioned but it's also not a not a powerhouse type of team so i think i think it's a good middle of the road team for us to start out with well should be fun should be a lot of fun should be do do you have a prediction a score prediction no i i definitely stay away from that (laughs) I'm going to make one, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be wrong because I'm horrible at these. Just go ahead and so, predict the hundred to seven. So, I'm, mm. I'm, I was, yeah, it was actually going to be 124 to two. They would get a safety. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, at one point they'd get a safety. We would have to have a lot of offensive possessions. Yes. Um, I'm going to say 42. To 17. All right. I'm holding And I'm going to tell you right now that that is going to be wrong. Be hilarious if it was right, though. But if it's right, next next week, I'm going to come in with a very big ego. <laughs> because I'm going to say I was right. And and then laugh in everybody's faces who thought I'd be wrong, which includes <laughs> myself. Yeah. So, so, so but it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be so. a lot of fun. I hope so. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I think that does it for me. I got to run. That sounds good, man. Um, we'll be back next week previewing. Well, we'll review the, this game and then previewing the next game. So hopefully we'll come back really excited after our 42 to 17 victory. 
And I will talk to you later, Andrew. All right. See you. Bye.